Hello and welcome back to Out of the Hourglass. I'm your host, Molly Nolan, and I have a wonderful guest on today's episode. We are welcoming Chuck Winkles to today's conversation. Chuck is the former president of New Life Painting, New Life Kitchen and Bath, and New Life Restoration, based in Santa Maria, California. We've been working with Chuck and Noah and the New Life team since 2010. And while he is no longer in the role of president of the New Life companies, Chuck is continuing to move forward into the coaching world. He is a passionate sales coach, although we will quickly learn he had some resistance to sales himself 20, 30 years ago. But in that time, he has done a 180. He is now coaching four sales peer groups for Nolan Consulting Group, as well as doing one-on-one sales coaching. And I wanted to hear his perspective as a sales coach, as a peer group facilitator, and why he so strongly believes that every sales rep should be doing training and coaching to improve their skills. Today's episode is sponsored by the 2024 Grand Summit, an annual conference for Summit members designed to collaborate, educate, and share best practices. This year's conference is taking place March 20th through 22nd in Savannah, Georgia. We hope to see all of our Summit members there. Okay, we are back with another episode here, and I've got someone who I don't think has ever been on out of the hourglass, and it's quite a shame because Chuck, you you should have been on years ago. Well, How are thank, you today, Chuck Winkles? Thank you, Molly. I'm doing great. You know, I came in my office the other day or yesterday, and somebody asked me, "How you doing?" I said, "Well, you know, I have to. I'm doing great, but I'd have to make something up to say that I wasn't because I'm. That's how. That's how awesome it is, right?" That is fantastic to hear. I mean, to not to have things going pretty well and to feel actually good, mm-hmm. not just like putting a cover over, I'm fine. Right, right. I, I'm really happy to hear that for you. Yeah. Well, you know, it's always a choice. It's so much better to choose to be doing That's good or to feel awesome or just to be in the present. So much better yeah. than the alternative. Well, you're a very positive, optimistic person, and I'm excited for our listeners to get to hear more from you. Um, Chuck, for our listeners out there who have not had the the pleasure of, of connecting with you in the past, can you give us just a little bit of a background of who you are and what you do? Well, great. Yes, I, uh, been in, I run a business for 45 years, and um, up until I say 20, a little over 20 years ago, I finally decided to work on the business instead of in the business, you know, Uh, as a painting company, actually never really selling, never really wanting to sell. I, um, I actually had a lot of resistance towards it and go getting into it. Once I realized I didn't want to bid anymore, I didn't want to compete for low price. Mm -hmm. I decided I needed to learn how to do business differently. In fact, I can remember like yesterday I was bidding, I was doing a lot of condominium work in our area. And we got, I got priced out. So I went to more of an affluent area and I totally crushed it. I totally crushed the market and got a lot of work. I probably sold about a half million dollars worth of work. The next year, the local painters got, I think they got together and tried to price me out. No way. And I only got a, the only job I got was a a $40,000 job. And the only reason why I got it was because I was low bid. So I was so I was so frustrated and disappointed. I pulled off, you know, next to the beach and I got out a pay, a pad and paper and I wrote, I will never compete on price again. I'm going to learn how to do business differently. And that's when I think, you know, when that saying when the students ready, the the, yes. the, the mm-hmm. teacher appears. That's when I just when I got I don't know what I don't know. And so I started traveling around the, the world. Basically, I went to Canada, all over the United States. I joined different networks. I joined Summit and I started learning how to run a business, how to hire people, how to um, run production, how to run sales, how to how to run administration. So that that's been my journey for over the past 20 years. And it, and it does lead me into sales. Like, how did I become a sales coach, right? Right. How did I become a peer group coach? Well, you know that saying that says uh, greater the resistance, greater the, the victory? 
Greater the resistance, so greater I the victory. Actually, That's so a good I had line. A lot of resistance. Subconsciously, I had a lot of resistance about sales. And I, I kind of narrowed it down. I, I remember being at Josh Abramson's um, shop yeah. in LA and Carl Utter, who you know is a longtime sales coach. He was a Sandler sales coach a long time ago. He was teaching us and I hired him to be my sales coach. I just found a lot of resistance. And I'm like, what is this all about? And I and I realized that my dad was a very good salesman. I mean, he could sell anything. But when he'd come home at night, he didn't want to have a conversation with me at all. He was just done. He was shut He's down. Done talking. Yeah. Done talking. I thought, man, if sales does that to somebody, I don't want anything to do with it. Because, you know, he just wasn't, didn't connect with me at all. And I, when I realized that, you know, he was a, uh, World War II veteran. He was one of Patton's drivers. He had a lot of PTSD. Oh, wow. So he had a lot of things, a lot of ants. I call them ants in his head. And in so his head. that caused me to say, man, I got I to gotta rewrite this contract with myself. I got to allow myself to learn how to sell. So I rewrote that contract. It's okay, Chuck. It's okay to sell. It's okay to, to, um, you know, be better for my company and be better for my customer. And I'm not going to compete on low price anymore. I'm going to, I'm going to run a professional company. I'm going to be charged accordingly. And normally that's higher than almost anybody in our area. So I had to learn how to sell. So I listened to thousands of hours of, of information on sales. I read books. I went, I hired a coach and I just really dug into the process. So I think because of that, it's led me into being a sales coach for Summit and, you know, leading yeah. peer groups. And I really enjoy it. You've So you've really done like a full 180 to have gone from resisting sales completely to now fully having embraced it over the last 20 years and now coaching it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, a, pretty, that's a pretty good journey. Yeah. You're still learning. I'm still learning. I, you know, that's one of my missions in life was to always be learning. I I think of a tree when it stops growing, it dies. And so even though I'm still a young buck, you know, I'm, sure. I, always say, I always say that it's okay to get older. It's just not okay to get old. So I'm going to continue to grow myself. Chuck, we are only like five minutes into this conversation. And you have said like five quotes that I need to write down from resistance to it's okay to get older, but not old. There's... You're, there's, there's wisdom here to me. You, you're, you're a man of affirmations. You, you speak to yourself. I do. I do. I love, I love the book, what to say when you talk to yourself. And I read, I love neuroscience. I love neuroscience. I think, I think if I went back in life, I'd be, I would, I would get a degree in neuroscience and neuroplasticity and what you can do to change mm -hmm. your brain and how you can change your attitude. How you can change, even on the golf course, you know, sometimes I'll be like, man, I suck. I, you know, I'm spraying the ball everywhere and I'll be like, okay, Chuck, you're going to have it. You're, you're having a great time. You're enjoying the surroundings. You have a great swing. And, you know, meanwhile, your brain's going, no, no, no. But then I, yeah. I continue on all of a sudden I'm humming, I'm hitting the ball down the middle. I mean, it really works. It works in relationships. It certainly works in sales. And I, I talk about that all the time when I'm, you know, even in, in peer groups or if I'm doing one-on-one -on -one sales training, is I used to sit in front of a house and I'd say, okay, Chuck, you're going to, you're going to make the sale. You're going to ask great questions. You're going to do bond rapport. You're going to, you're going to set the table. You're going to get the budget and anything that I was struggling with actually. And part of that, part of my situation is because I'm so direct and uh, goal oriented, like bottom line, um, task oriented, high D kind of thing. So I'd be like, yeah. I'm going to make a sale. So I'd be in like, okay, Mrs. Jones, where's your checkbook? You know, let's go Whoa. ahead. I'll write up the proposal <laughs> right now. Let's get started. Now, obviously you can't do that, right? No, no. You know, I would always, be I mean, oh, about, pretty bold. <laughs> it's pretty bold. I always be thinking about the sale. Like I'm there to make the sale. And a lot yeah. of times, you know, I mean, some people would be like, I'm just there to make a friend. I, you know, I love people and I, I do too, but I just go about it in a different way. But, mm -hmm. you know, they like to talk. They like the influence. I'm there to sell. So I'd be, okay, Chuck, before you start talking budget, before you start doing anything, 
you're going to find commonality. You're going to slow it down. You're going to make a friend. You're going to build some trust. Now, I would always do that, but I'd find myself getting ahead of myself. So I don't have a problem being direct asking for the sale. Whereas some yeah. people, and that's part of this sales training is some people don't have a hard time with it, you know, putting people yeah. on the spot or making them feel uncomfortable. Like when they say, hey, I want to think about it, let's say, you know, which is a common thing. And when of I, course, I've said it a million talk, times, we talk about sales behaviors and say the sales behavior person is like, well, you know, I never, you know, subconsciously, I never buy on the spot either. Right. I never yeah. buy on the spot. Yeah. So when nope. the customer says, I want to think about it, and they're like, OK, great. When would you like to talk again? And then a week later, they forgot about you. You know, so, you know, they say that, you know, we think whatever, 60,000 thoughts a day, 75 percent are negative, 5 percent are conscious. You think they're really going to think about that? They forgot about you. So when you're setting the table, let's say, you know, when you go in there, you do the bond report, you mirror and match their tonality, their physiology, their, you identify their disc kind of a thing. And so yeah. you're super present. You're asking more questions. You're really listening. And you ask when you're setting the table, well, how will you be your decision be made if I, if I, let's say, if I, if you like what we have to say, if you like uh, our products and our processes and the people that we have, and you've seen our referrals, you've been referred by somebody or you've gone on Yelp, if yep. there's there a chance, if you like everything and it's within your budget, is that something that we could be moving forward with today? You know, and if they say, well, you know, maybe or yes, I'm like, cool. You know, if they say no way, no how, then I might navigate that conversation a little bit differently. But I'm mm -hmm. still going to ask for the sale at the end. And I can tell you that there's a lot of times where you still make the sale, you know. So you got to be able to adapt. We talk about yep. that. And I'm, I know we're getting really into the whole process, right? But you just have to be able to be present. You just have to adapt. You have to really pay attention to the customer. It's not how you sell. It's how they buy. And the only way you're going to be able to find out how they buy is ask good questions. Not just good questions, yeah. timely questions and smart questions. So, Well, there's no question as to why you're a sales coach because that just, the, the way that this just comes, kind of rolls off your tongue is like you, you, you breathe it. Like you, 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 you sleep sales coaching, you sleep the sales process. You could do it. You could, it. you could sell something in your sleep. It feels like to me, Chuck. I, I actually love sales. I mean, I love connecting. Yeah. I do like, I love to um, help people make a good decision. I mean, I've had, there was one time not too long ago, I was on the golf course and I mentioned golf because I do like golfing a little bit. Um, I'm on the golf course and this guy good at it <laughs> yeah no I just crazy it almost takes a crazy person to like to play golf because it <laughs> disappoints you very you know puts you down lifts you up and brings you down hard sometimes well I was I was gonna say when talking about affirmations it was there's no wonder why you and Brian get along so well you both are very much aligned in this speak to yourself affirmations world but when it comes to golf very different you exceed Brian is throwing is throwing the <laughs> the, the uh it's, the, it's the golf kind of, it's he's just he's he's a mess on the golf course yeah it's funny because I've been you know I've been on a you know stayed on a golf course when you're you know off on vacation or whatever and mm -hmm. hear people talking to themselves I mean you never hear the worst sales talk ever I suck you know <laughs> and cussing and yeah. this and that and and really is one of the only few times that I always that I that I you know, talk negative and I have to turn around, but normally it's positive, but there are occasion when I just say, why am I even doing this? I suck, you know, <laughs> and then I have to go, okay, okay, okay. We got to change that. But yeah, it's um, ultimately it's fun. You just have some moments where you yeah. feel like you suck. Yeah. It's a challenge yeah. and you know, challenges are good, right? They are. If we're not, if we're not being challenged, what are we doing? Yeah. And that's the thing. And that's the thing with salespeople too, you know, it, sales is hard, right? It's, you know, you're going to be told 50% so of the time, if you're good, if you're not so good, you're going to be told 70% of the time, no. So how do you overcome that? 
and we, you know, you talk about the IR, the IR theory, identity role, and you subconsciously, you know, you don't like to be told no. And if you're told like no six or seven times in a row, you think I suck, you know? And when you go into a sales appointment and you're thinking subconsciously that I suck, how do you think you're going to show up? Yeah, not your best self. No. Not no. your best so, self. So I always, I tell people, you know, work on that self-talk, uh, read books, um, always be listening to podcasts. And which brings me into the... Um, objective management management group they talk about sales behaviors so we talk about you know the sales system the technique which yes. is part of the sales process but in even in that process we talk about sales behaviors and let's and like we talked about is if you go in and think that you know i never make a decision right on the spot and you project that on the customer then there's a chance that you're never going to make that sale so you have to work in your you know, neuroplasticity that, hey, I am not my customer. I'm going to follow the process because we know that if you follow the a sales process, you're going to be 18% better than those that don't. So that's a big number. That you is know, a big number. When you start talking yes. about dollars, that's a big number. So you go in there and, you know, you adapt. Okay. You're in a sales role. But here's another thing that the OMG report talks about. And, you know, we're, we're offering that in Summit, too. For We are. Yep. We had a couple of, of uh, podcast episodes around yeah. that topic. Yeah. So the Sales Insight Report gives you the sales behaviors and what yes. how, they, how they sell is basically how they project on the customer sometimes. Or how do they adapt? Because everybody in sales has a passion, let's say, for sales. Have passion. But they lack commitment. A lot of salespeople lack commitment. So what does that mean? So I was in a peer group call the other the other day, and one of the guys took the sales insight report and he saw he was low commitment. So I go, okay, so talk about that. You know, let's talk about that. And, you know, for everybody else, they, have my, they everybody else has questions. And I really, that's part of, in the peer group, that's part of leading a peer group is doing sales, asking questions, being present, you know, adapting to whoever you're talking mm -hmm. to, whatever situation that you're in. So let's talk about that. What is that? What did that do? He goes, well, I found out I was low commitment. I said, what'd you do about it? He goes, I started reading books. I started listening to podcasts and my sales number. Cause I go, how, why, how'd your numbers go up? Mm -hmm. And that's what he said. He said, I took the sales inside report and I found out I was low commitment. And he adapted and he became, I mean, that's pretty cool stuff. That is cool. He learned where, where he needed to focus his time to improve his skills. He, right. he knew he loved sales, but he couldn't figure out why he was maybe struggling. And at the end of the day, sometimes to see it right in front of you, like to be able to see yourself on paper and be like, oh, that's why things aren't working. This is where I need to spend my time. Right. Like that's the underlying reason it makes a lot of sense. Talk to me. I, so I want to move into this, the peer group world, because that, that's obviously a space that you live in quite a bit within within Summit. You you do do you know one-on-one -on -one sales jumpstart coaching, but you also run four sales peer groups right now. Mm -hmm. For those that are unfamiliar, can you explain what a sales peer group is and how it operates? Yeah. So we meet once a month. It's usually an hour. And there's, you know, different salespeople around the country and we have four different groups you know two of them are very seasoned groups they're they've been around they've been selling in some in a long time they've had sales training and they're a lot of you know there's always those challenges right mm -hmm. in, within the group so they, it might be like six to eight people and we go around the room and then when somebody feels stuck let's say that's the beauty of it. we talk about that because you know we are in a where we're being told all, no all the time and let's say somebody is in a funk or somebody has an issue then i call on the group to help coach because it becomes a big deal when you when your peers talk like yes i'll be talking about you know uh you know one of the things we talk about is in the sales process well how do you ask for the order you know how do you ask for the sale how do you set the table how do you find the pain you know all how do you get the budget how do you overcome objections? So, well, I'll get everybody involved. And then I'll always say, you know, I might be like months, I'll be talking about something. And then one of the peers 
says, you know, this is what I do. And I've been saying it for like four months. But it finally oh, hits home when it appears. And when they do the takeaways, they go, oh, yeah, I really like what John said. <laughs> you know, I'm like, cool. You know, that's cool. Yeah. Get it. All we want. At the end of the day, all, all you want to see is like things clicking and them feeling like they're getting it and, and their numbers getting better. So okay. no matter how long it takes or not how long it takes, but in which way it finally clicks, you're, you're here for it. A hundred percent. That's all we want results. And if, and if the results aren't there, what are we going to do about it? And I think yeah. that's part of, you know, being in the peer group too, is, you know, when, at the very end, we talk about numbers. We go around and they they have the spreadsheet. Everybody has the same spreadsheet. And if we're, you know, it was, like we had one today, and it, you know, it was kind of eighty percent close rate on dollars and estimates. And I'm like, really? Well, well, some of it was from the month before, but he goes, I'm really slowing it down. I'm like, okay. He goes, so let's remind ourselves when it gets busy. Make sure that we slow it down because what happens is they get like four or five estimates and there's running, you know, and he goes, I, he goes, there's no telling how many missed opportunities I had when right. I did slow it down. So you get a lot of that interaction, which is really good. And then we have two more other peer groups. One is one for new, you know, newbies, like ones that are just coming into the sales or just mm -hmm. have sales training or just got through a boot camp or went through a, you know, a one-on-one uh, -on -one sales training. And so we, we, we go through that and there's a little more teaching, but I always say, here's the beauty. We might have six brand new salespeople in the room, on Zoom. And here's mm -hmm. the, I always say, if we could take each one of these talents and take the best talents and put it in one person, we'd have the best salesperson on earth. You know, because we always bring something, everybody brings something to the table. Yep. Everybody, and even the new guy, the guy one day has something. So well, that's, that's something that I think is interesting when like when looking at a sales team within a company and, and sales managers to look at your team in what are the strengths that they all have? And if this person has this strength, maybe they're really great at into, you know, self-generated leads and prospecting, but they struggle on this part, but that other, that other sales rep carries that, like, how can you create the strongest team together? And that's a really dynamic way of looking at your, your sales department. hundred percent. And that's one of the big things we're talking about now is leads are down. So self, yeah. how do we self-generate leads? And everybody has something different. So, you know, you might get one guy, he's low on leads. He's all fired up. You know, he's going to go do this. Yeah. He's going to go do that. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, I mean, I think all salespeople should get into, I mean, that's just me, you know, should get into a peer group because, you know, once a month, one idea, one idea could make a, make a big sale, one sale, two sales. Yep. And what is that worth? You know, how much money do we spend on leads? And if we take away, cause there's always takeaways, you know, I've even heard in the peer groups, I love coming to these meetings because usually when I come, I make a sale after this. Maybe two. Uh, I love to hear that. That's cool. That's yeah. very cool. No, it's awesome. so I was, I was going to ask you because you, you kind of hit on one. You know, what are the most common challenges that you're hearing sales reps come to? You know, when when they're when they're sharing on this group. Obviously, right now, you know, in, in the last month or two, the low leads is probably a, a common challenge. Um, but throughout the rest of the year, what are some other common challenges that you hear folks sharing? Well, you know, it's it's a great question. Some of it is like when it gets really busy, right? Um, you know, like I say, slowing it down. The other one would be like uh, qualifying. Like, you know, it's so important when you're when you're talking. If say if you have five leads, God, mm -hmm. I hope that it comes back to that. But we were everybody was a couple years ago was really busy, and it's like really qualifying, you know. And when you find a qualified customer, really spend time with them, and then. If you don't have one, don't don't spend you know two hours with someone that's not qualified. So I think there's that. It's you know a lot of it is talking too much, you know, because um, yeah. that's typically high eyes like to talk and influence, and they're very likable people. But getting the getting the customer to talk eighty percent of the time and you talk twenty, that's the goal. Maybe fifty. It's really I hard. Have, <laughs> I have eight salespeople. Well, well, there's eight of us in our in our company at in new our, life so 
and I do the sales meetings and we have one guy that's, you know, our paint guy, he's over 50% of dollars estimates and dollars sold um, for the year, which is pretty cool. Wow. It's really good. Yeah. I always say, you know, anything 40 or above is good. 50 is amazing. And we're talking 54, 58% close rate. If it's below 40%, which is what we do when we go over the numbers, is if somebody's in that teeter and below 40%, it's it's almost time for intervention. You know, so we, uh, you That's know. why it's important to track do? the numbers. How, tracking how that close rate is very important. People. What's that? Yeah. So tracking, that's why it's important to be tracking those numbers, to be tracking your stats and knowing like where you're starting to falter and maybe what are the types of jobs that you're starting to falter on to be able yeah. to kind of peel that back a little bit more. Yeah. Where where yeah. exactly are you struggling? Yeah. And in fact, we had a meeting today and we, you know, we had today, we had uh, concrete closers and they're focused on concrete surfaces, obviously. And mm -hmm. they, it's a great group. Um, but one of them mentioned that he sold the smaller jobs, but he had a hard time selling the bigger jobs. So what that told me is that, you know, it's just, it's up here, right? He's got, you know, we all got ants in our head, but he's got some ants yep. up there. And he's yep. like, you know, maybe whether, when he purchases larger items, he, you know, he's nerd, you know, he's not, he's not decisive and he, but on small jobs, yep. there's no brainer. I'll go and buy a shirt. No problem. I don't have to go to every store to find a shirt. But if I yes. have to buy a bit larger item, I might have to do a lot more shopping. So and shop around a little I bit. I just told him to adapt and get that same perspective on, on the larger jobs. So, you know, I mean, I, I think that, um, you know, and everybody else, you know, not everybody, but some people, you know, give their opinions and it's, it's just a great group. It's a trusting group. It's a group that they share, um, trade secrets or mm -hmm. fundamentals that they normally wouldn't do obviously in their local market. So they're right. there to help each other out. So if anything, the power of like sharing best practices in that kind of environment is huge. And like you were saying a little bit earlier, I mean, sales is really hard. And so to surround yourself with peers who are facing the same types of barriers, who are working to hit the same types of sales goals are there's camaraderie in that. And you, you do feel a sense of empowerment. Okay, I, I can do this. Mm -hmm. Or if they if they did it this way, like, let me try. Versus feeling like, I don't know, sometimes we, we all feel like we're carrying a burden by ourselves or we're, we're, we're alone. And so to be able to put yourself in a group of, of, of similar uh, type people can, can make a difference. Yeah. Um, one other thing I wanted to say was you talked about spending time with your qualified customer, slowing down the process. Um, I'm going to say his name wrong, but uh, Seth Godin or Seth Godin, he is um, known in the marketing world. He does a blog daily. And one of his recent blogs was customers are all the same. Customers are all different. Yes. And it's important to understand who your customer is and spend the time, treat the good customers, the qualified customers a little bit differently, because mm -hmm. that's where you're going to make the sale. The, the, the bad, and look, same with like looking at your past customers, spend the time with your really good past customers. If you had, if you had jobs go wrong or, or not great, uh, customer relationships, don't spend time there, give them the same, you know, marketing communications, but don't spend your time on them. Your time is limited. Yes. So much. So even like you, like you said, well, right now we're in a slow market. So yeah. we always talk about, you know, go visit that job you know, mm -hmm. in the middle of the job or at the end of the job and, and talk to Mr. S Mrs. Smith and go, how's it going? Anything we could do to improve, whatever. Did you like it? You know, do you know anybody else or is there anything else coming up in the future? That, I mean, we already captured that lead. They're already a yep. fan. Let's ask, you know, let's it's ask. funny you say that. Connell Mulraney was just on our podcast recently and he talked about that. He, cause he, he comes from the operations background and is now selling for Nolan painting. And in this time when they're hunting, he's he calls it the hunting season because he is hunting for leads mm -hmm. and he's going to, to the jobs that are currently running. He's going to past customers mm -hmm. and just calling them up or, and, and asking. And if they say no, he's mm -hmm. asking about, you know, your family and friends and offer them a discount. So he, you got to lean into the people that have, have been done well for you in the past. Yeah. 
Yeah, I remember when I my son and I sell a lot, right? That's all we had was the two of us. We yeah. would, I mean, during the winter, almost every year, we'd get in, we call it like the war room, and we'd be both on the phone all day long, calling on customers. And, you know, we, we got it. We got work. And, and when we got really slow, I would actually go knock on doors and say, hey, we're in the neighborhood. You know, is there something that you're looking to do? And uh, it's a, number, a numbers game. We would, I would still, not everybody feels comfortable. I really didn't like it, but once I did, it was okay. Not something yeah. I do every day. I'm, you know, there's a difference between somebody who is a salesperson, like a closer, and then somebody who's like a network marketing person who, who just wants to build relationships. And some companies have that where they just go out, meet people, talk, and they're like marketing um, for, for future leads. They love it, but you try yep. to get them to close. They're not going to want to, you know, they, they're uncomfortable with that, mm -hmm. which doesn't mean though that they can't change. And, and that's part of that sales behavior is identifying those weaknesses and working on those weaknesses. Right. Absolutely. I was going to, we talked a little bit about it in terms of asking questions, you know, of certain people in your groups, but how do you tailor your coaching to accommodate the different needs of people in the group? Because yes, they're all coming six to eight people at times, with similar challenges, but also sometimes they're also all individual people. And so how do you adapt yourself or what's your approach in, in facilitating these individual personalities? Well, I love that question. It's very easy for me to answer because Good. it's about like you're selling to a customer. You're you're meeting the customer and you're asking questions and you're adapting to whatever their needs are. So you're just being present and you're listening. You know, I, I really, um, you know, one of my favorite books is How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I, it's not even a sales book, but it's a great book. And it's making about the other person. It's not about me. I might come with my own agenda, you know, and I, I might be scripted and just robot the agenda, but I'm not, you know, I have an agenda, but you know, if we, if the, if the needs are differently, I'm paying attention to those and I'm asking questions and we're digging into it. We're peeling the onion back and then we're going to, we're going to help somebody, man. We, we had one guy and I, he was really struggling in his role as a sales role really struggling and we had almost an intervention with him really all of you together on, all on of the us peer together, group all of us together and we had a meeting on monday and i asked him what are the are the benefits of being in a peer group he goes man last year you guys did this for me he goes it really really helped me it really saved me you know so i mean you know there everybody goes through seasons of, mm -hmm. of ups and downs and so when people are down we're there to help them up when people are up we're there to you know rejoice and be happy for them and maybe they can help somebody else out so yeah I mean it's a it's a great dynamic it really is do you ever find yourself having to give some like tough love like when do you when as a coach when are you helping like helping them by asking questions kind of find or solve the problem versus you having to push a little bit? Like when do you realize you have to push them because they're not getting there themselves? Great question. I, I think that all salespeople, um, you know, have a tendency to fall off the wagon. You know, yeah. that's why sales, ongoing sales training is a good thing. Either it's in-house or it's outside because we always need to be reminded. And, and I've done um, sales jump starts with a lot of the guys that are on the peer groups and, I asked, you know, one of the topics that I had, because I have them ready in case, you know, we need it, but how do you mm -hmm. find the pain? How do you find the pain? Let's say. And we went around the room and it was like, well, you know, we look at the house and, um, you know, it, if it's peeling, we talk about it and how long does that last? And that, that's really cool. You know, I'm like, oh, that, that's good. You know, that's good. Well, what if anything else? Well, you know, I mean, if there's anything else in the house and so, it's just a good reminder what, you know, when you're entering, viewing the, con the, the customer, how's your decision make being made? Have you ever hired a contractor before? If, you know, if you could improve upon anything, what would that look like? If you had the ideal contractor, what would that look like? 
you know, is it important for you to hire somebody that has insurances or is it important that um, they show up on time or they clean up any of those your concerns? You know, just getting back into the process. So yeah. even though people know the process, they they forget, you know, yeah. and, and, and which brings me to the point where, you know, like professional golfers, right? They're all, um, they have swing coaches, they have psychologists, they have fitness coaches, they have football players every year, they're, they're at the top of their game, but they go in and they work on blocking drills, tackling drills, they do the basics. So we always forget. I mean, as human beings, we're just not perfect. And I always say, even in the process, even in the sales process, there's no perfect presentation. There's, you don't do things perfectly. But, you know, you, you when you try to follow the process, when you remind yourself, when you're filling out like a, we have a, a spreadsheet that I encourage people to put where they, how did I do bottom report? Did I mirror and match on a scale from one to five? Five, I did a great job. One, I suck. Did I, how did I do uh, with the tonality and with the neuro-linguistic programming, let's say that, you know, the mirror matching, how did I do? setting the table. Did I set the table? Oh man, I forgot. Okay, Jew, uh, I did a zero on that. Okay, next time I'm going to really set the table. How did I do finding, you know, finding the pain? You know, did I, did I create some? They didn't have any. I just get a feel. The customers, I just get a feel. Okay, well, yeah. tell me about that. What does that mean? You know, have you ever thought about this? Did I, did I create pain? Or did I, when I set the table, did I talk about, we're going to be talking about budget. So when I got around it, did I ask for the budget or did I give a budget? Some people are like, I'm, I'm, I'm not comfortable asking for the budget. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> you're you're going to give a proposal without knowing what their budget is or, or at least saying it's going to be in this range. What do you think about that before you write up a proposal? You know, yeah. that, that's yeah. crazy. You know, one uh, of the, yeah. and, and, I, and I can tell you the guys that aren't doing that, they feel uncomfortable, that don't adapt, or no longer in Summit anymore. I mean, one of the sales guys I, I taught, I said, well, you know, where do, when you ask the customer for the sale, well, you know, I'm thinking about, okay, just out of curiosity on the scale from one to 10, 10, we're going to get the job, one, no way, no how, where are we at? You know, I always try to find out, kind of get a feel off the record, you know, on a scale from one to 10, whatever the case may be. And yeah. They, they, you know, Chuck, I'm just not comfortable asking that question. You know, and I'm like, well, you know, Red you flag. would ask that question, you know? Yeah. And so he, he's no longer there. You know, you have to, you're in a role, you're in a sales role, you know, just like you're in a spousal role or you're in a father role or you're in an employee role or you're in an employer yep. role or you're in a sales role. Sales roles do ask questions. They follow up, which process. is why you know one of the sales fundamentals, you know, core items we hit is identity role and understanding, you know, how who you are is different than what the role the, the role that you're doing every day, mm -hmm. and when you're hearing a lot of no's, that's your role, that's not your identity, um, yes. but that that stuff doesn't just become ingrained in you overnight. That is a continuous practice of acceptance, of reminding, of working through the role plays, the actual, you know, dis discussions with customers in the, you know, in the moment that is not an overnight, you don't become a sales professional or an experienced good sales professional overnight. No. It takes time. It you build upon every, every sale that you make, you yes. build upon and you get better. Yep. And, and you, you get learn from, you get hungry yeah. and you, yeah. you raise your commitment level and you're like, I am going to listen to podcasts all the time. I'm going to read books. I'm going to get coached. When you do those sort of things, you're exponentially going to grow yourself. But if you just do what you've always done and expect different results, I don't know, you can tell me what that is, but mm -hmm. that's what happens a lot of times. Do you have any favorite sales podcasts that you listen to that you might recommend? Well, you know, the one book that I'm really good hot on right now is Asking Questions the Sandler Way. I mean, that yes, is I've heard, I've heard the sales coaches talking about this book. Yeah. We're going through it as a, as a company, as our, well, our sales staff right now. Love it. So I, I really like, I really like that. I mean, I, 
I've listened to a lot of uh, podcasts. I mean, I mean, I listen to a lot of Zig Ziglar and Jim Rome, Jim Ronan, Jim Rome. Um, he's an old guy that just had a lot of great information. And the, and then the books. I mean, there's so many good sales books out right now. And I, and here's another one. I always like eating the chicken and throw away the bone. You know, there's a lot of chicken and a lot of things. Even what I say, there's some chicken yeah. there, but there's bone there. It might not a you know, when, when, I, even when I, when we do sales coaching, they got to make it their own. They, it's tendency to go in their head and go, okay, what would Chuck say here? Or what's the process? You know, I'd say just when you practice, 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 go in there and just be present, right? Yeah. Just be present and then trust yourself. And to your point, it takes time to build that process subconsciously to where it just kind of flows. It just doesn't happen. But, and then that's another point, even now when new salespeople um, start out, you know, there's a lot of bad leads that they go out on, you know, bad leads, you know, 20, 30% of the people, they're not good leads. Go through the process, learn the process. I know I had, I've gone through a lot of, you know, like I said, different podcasts or sales tapes. Back then it was a lot of cassette tapes. You know, <laughs> I don't even... I don't even, I threw them all out, but there was one, this guy had like 29 closes. And so I tried it. I was like two out of three trying it. And so I remember big house, you know, really nice affluent neighborhood. And, and I'm going, she goes, well, Chuck, you know, we, we still waiting on, you know, two other bids. Right. And I go, well, you know, Mrs. Smith, I got to tell you, I drive by this house a lot. And if I if I see another painter out here painting your house, I'm not going to promise you, but I might have to just pull over and lose it right here on your lawn, you know? <laughs> and they laughed and they go, Well, we don't want you to, we don't want to have you do that, Chuck. We'll go ahead and go with you. Seriously, <laughs> two out of three. I've only used it three times, but yeah. You know, so you get but ideas it, like that. Yeah, but you became yourself. And I, that's, I think, an important part to hit on in this discussion. You can do all the sales coaching. You can do all the sales training. Um, and you can show up to these things, right? But if you actually don't do the work yourself, you actually don't do the practice, you don't practice your word tracks, you don't make it your own, the sales, it's, it's like business coaching. It's like anything that we do. There's a kind of accountability factor that you have to show up and do the work and you have, you have to make the close. Mm -hmm. So Very how, true. how are you like all these sales, they, they have to own a part of their responsibility. Mm -hmm. the, the coaching is supposed to make, you know, help, help them work through that, yeah. but you can't be responsible for all of the close rates of all of the sales reps that you coach. Right. 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 No, no. They have to have the commitment. They have really have to have the commitment. commitment and that's what it's going to take to to be the best in your field or be the best yeah. that you can be is the commitment, you know, and not be satisfied. I hate losing, right? So I'm going to yeah. do whatever it takes to win because I just don't like to lose. And But, I, you know, that's the problem with sales. You're going to lose 50% 50, 50 of the time, maybe 60, hopefully no more. And you got to be okay with it. But you got to mm -hmm. not be okay with not following the process and not being the best, not showing up present. I mean, I remember just being exhausted at the end of the day. I mean, my brain was just going crazy, you know, running a company and being in sales and just, you know, having a young family and coaching and all the stuff that I used to do when I was younger. And my brain would just be like, oh, just scattered and I'd be like, I'm so exhausted. I, you know, sometimes I'd crank up some heavy rock and roll type just to kind of get the blood flowing. But I always sat in front of the house going, okay, Chuck, you're present. You're going to ask great questions. You're going to listen. You're going to, you know, you're going to follow the process. You're going to make the sale. And I tell you what, it just, just brought me back. You know, one, Into of, the, the, zone. one of the things that I uh, like to say that, is it's good to dummy down because you don't, you know, when I bought a kitchen and bath remodeling business, and I still don't know much about kitchen and bath remodeling, cabinetry, <laughs> design, all that other stuff, but I know how to yeah. sell. I know how to sell. So I would just, I, you know, you think, well, I don't know about this business. I don't know about painting or I don't know about concrete floors. 
you know, you can learn everything about it, but if you don't know how to sell, you don't know how to ask questions. It's not about, again, how you sell. It's about how they buy. You don't know how to be present. You don't know how to ask questions. You don't know how to engage with a customer. You're probably not going to sell it to people. Who don't be. They don't like buying egos. They don't like yeah. buying snake oil or manipulation. They like people that like them. And the way that you get them to like you is by investing or showing interest in them right right it's, that they it's not... that you leave that, that you leave and they feel like they just had a really nice conversation with you about their potential project and yeah. that feeling of feeling good and can take it a long way yeah i i you know in that book you know how to win friends and influence people which i absolutely love it talked about a sales guy coming in and with these two executives and all he did was ask questions and invest him. He didn't talk about his company at all. And when he left, he didn't talk. They got them to talk the whole time. He goes, man, those two guys said, man, I really like that guy. He's really good. Cause he you let know? us talk. And, and I think about that. So, you know, Brian's been out here and we've gone to these network groups out on some ranch or some winery and there's hundred guys out there, 150. Yeah. Now there's like 300 guys sometimes. And, so I used to go out and I'm, my eye is situational. I mean, it can go, I can be by myself all day long and be happy. But then mm -hmm. I can, once I raise my eye and I can get around people, I get so energized. So I would go out there and I start talking and man, I would get all excited and come home. I can't sleep. I'm just so stimulated, but I did a lot of the talking, you know? And so I got to a place where I'm like, okay, I'm going to go out there and I'm just going to invest in people. I'm going to show interest in people. I'm going to ask questions. Mm -hmm. And so I would go and they, you know, I'd say, Hey, how's your family? How's your business? Go on any vacations this year? You know, and they tell me all about it. And they never even asked me how I, and I was, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with it. So I come home, I go right to sleep, man. I felt really great, but they'll remember me. You know, they versus will. if I'm just full of myself. Same thing with sales. Just really ask them questions, really pay attention, really show interest in them, which you are, but you mm -hmm. might as well show up as somebody who is going to be liked. And it's not necessarily the one that talks, it's the one who's talking and it's the one that's listening. The one that's listening is the one that's going to be liked more than if you're doing all the talking. You're going to be, yeah. oh, he's full of himself. So, you know, one of the things that I think about in sales is dummying down, like you don't know what you don't know. So, you know, when people ask questions, you know, you're asking questions. So, you know, what kind of material to use? I'm like, uh, great question. You know, you must be asking me for that reason, you know? Yeah, there's a reason for why they're asking you certain yeah. questions. And when, when I got the kitchen and bath business, I didn't know anything and I sold, I sold. You know, yeah, I did. and then was, you did it a second time because then you bought a restoration business. Bought a restoration business too, yeah. And we're getting ready to maybe buy another one, but we don't tell Brian. Oh, that's exciting. Anyway, so you know, one that's of the exciting. things so dummying down, it's like dummy down. It's like, uh, you know, you know, you just walk. Okay, Mister Jones, thanks for the you know day, and you know you'll call me next week on Tuesday. That's great. Okay, okay, great. Have a nice day. And then, you know, you're getting ready to walk out. Oh, by the way, you know, just out of curiosity, what do you think the chances of us working together? Let's say on a scale of one to 10, off the record. And they go, well, I don't know. You're probably around a five or six. I'm like, there's no way. I, I go, I, Mrs. Jones, I get the feeling, you know, and it's okay. I just get the feeling maybe we're just not a few years, you know, too much money or whatever. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. way more than we want to spend close the book. Thank you, Mr. Jones. If you have any, you know, know anybody else or anything up in the future, just let me know. You don't have to go back and write out the proposal. You don't, are you really, right. you don't have to be calling, you know, five times a day trying to get a hold of them. I mean, it's just little things like that, that efficiency, you, know, you got your answer as, a, yeah. as, as opposed to maybe being not sure going back, writing the proposal, sending it, waiting to hear back, following up. Like get get your answer the, the the fastest way you can, right? Hundred percent close rate, yes or no? Hundred, yeah, hundred percent close rate. Maybe just don't cut it. Yeah, yeah. We don't we don't we don't live in a maybe world. We don't live in a hallway world. We get out of the hallway on those answers, right? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Chuck, this is fantastic. We were going to talk about sales jumpstarts, but I think that's a whole other conversation at this point. So I'm going to have to have you come back on the podcast in Ooh. maybe a month or so. And let's talk about sales jumpstarts then, because that's a, a whole other program that is a one-on-one um, you know, with yourself or one of the other sales coaches on focusing on an individual's um, own kind of development plan within sales. And not just for, you know, beginner sales, it could be somebody who's been doing sales for a while and needs a kickstart in kind of yeah. a refresh of their skills. So I think we'll, I, we'll save that. Was, sorry, sorry, but if I was a salesperson, I'd be signing me up on that. I want a refresher. I want to, yeah. I want to close, you know, even if you close another 5% or 10%, it, just a refresher. Like I said, football teams, mm -hmm. golf teams, baseball teams, all teams, all people that are firing on the on the next level are being coached. I I, I mean, I'm being coached, not only in Summit, but I have a life coach. Love that, it. That I I've have. had running coaches before. I've yeah. when I've gotten serious about running, I've, you know, you realize you you need more than just yourself to help you kind of create the path and help you develop. So we're very coaching in all aspects. Um, we're very passionate about here and it's great to hear that you are as well. Um, any last words that you want to say, Chuck, before we wrap up today? Well, I was just thinking, and you know, I do, like I mentioned golf and I'm thinking yeah. the other day, I, I will not plan to the best of my ability right now. But I'm going to get coached. I'm going oh. to hold my guy the other day. I'm, I need, I'm at that point where I need, <laughs> I need to hire him again to, to help me out here. Cause it get you get, you get sloppy or you forget things yeah. you need to be reminded. It's just basic stuff. And, you know, so I just think coaching, I think as a, as an owner, um, it's just important. We spend a lot of money on leads and, you know, we we're dependent on those salespeople. And one of the things that I, I always say, if a salesperson makes more money than me, I'm okay with that because that means he's making more money and the company is making more money. So, Investing in your salespeople is, is, you know, they're the ones that run the engine, basically. Without sales, you don't have a business. So yeah. I'm, I'm pretty passionate about it. I, uh, I love doing it. And um, thank you for the opportunity to be able to speak today. Absolutely. Thank you for being game to, to join me and for kind of sharing, uh, sharing the passion. And when we connect next, maybe I'll give you a month or two. I'm going to have to ask you about your, your, um, your golf coach and how that's working out for you. <laughs> okay. That sounds good. <laughs> Until next time, Chuck, thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business coaching and consulting firm with coaches located throughout the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd love to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.